How you doing? This is Vince Font. No. It's Sylvester Stallone. No, it's Mark Barberg. No, no. It's Tom Hanks. <laughs> no, no, no. Unfortunately, it's me, John o. Wilson. I'm hanging with Elias in the man cave, and I am just ready to chat it up, man. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. You ain't shit. I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Jono, welcome to the cave. Thank you for inviting me. It's it's beautiful uh, down here. It was, uh, you know, <laughs> we, were, we were chatting off the air. And it was, uh, you know, we were talking about like we're both from Massachusetts, man. But it was like, you're, you know, you've been busy for a few years now. Yeah, it's been all right. It's been, it's been all right. Yeah. yeah you know, you know <laughs> the, the listeners and the viewers, you know, I've seen you on TikTok. You're huge on there. Your impression, <laughs> you know, you've done Disney shows. You got a role come up at Curb, I heard. Yes. Yes, I do. Which and is, you, yeah, crazy. And, you know, so you've been in the industry around like 10 years now or so. Yeah, I moved. I moved to L.A. about 10 years ago. Now, um, I was I actually was working as a consultant uh, in health and benefits <laughs> before that, like out of college. And, um, you know, one of my one of my best friends from growing up had moved out here to be a screenwriter. And he was like his name's Pete Wood. He's like the smartest guy I've ever met in my life. And he just was kind of like living his life, doing what he wanted to do. Like he worked in pharmaceuticals and then he like moved to uh, Paris to write short stories. And then one of his best friends from Harvard had moved out to LA and was like, let's try to write screenplays together. And so he contacted me while I was consulting and was like, why don't you just, we've always talked about doing this. Why don't you move out? And I was like, I'm there. So you just got up and quit your job? I quit my job. I told my parents like, Hey, I'm kind of thinking about this. And I was doing some stuff on the side of the job, but yeah. I told my parents, listen, I'm thinking about doing this. Pete has moved out there and my parents and my brother were like, yeah, we've always thought you should do something like this, but we weren't going to like uh, nudge you. We were just going to, if you found it on your own, great. If yeah. you didn't, you'd be a fine consultant, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, so, not, it's uh, not like you can't do that in California too. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, listen, my dad was like, take the business uh, school boards, like the GMATs before yeah. leaving, which I did well on. I did well on those. Um, but yeah, they were like, go for it, go for it. And so that was about 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, so, so like, you know, growing up in Massachusetts, we mentioned that off the air, like, did you like, like, how did you find your love for like comedy? Like, and uh, you know, like how, like, so like, what was the path before all this? I mean, listen, like I read, I've read a lot of books uh, about comedians and like the live from New York book mm. and, and Chris Farley's autobiography and um, everybody kind of has a similar story and my, mine's not much different. Like I grew up just watching reruns of stuff on Comedy Central. I would watch the reruns of SNL when it was Sandler and Farley and Spade and Schneider oh. and Chris Rock yeah. and all of those and Phil Hartman uh, and Dana Carvey. And then I also watched, I just vividly remember watching uh, stand up by Sinbad, Dana Carvey, and Paula Poundstone were wow. like my favorite stand ups when I was like 10 years old. And I would just watch them and laugh. And, and I just loved it so much. And so I was, I started after watching Dana Carvey and watching Aladdin. So I was like 10 years old or something. 
I um, would like draw cartoons of celebrities' faces. And then the Dana Carvey, watching Dana Carvey and doing the voices, like I started mm. doing like a Jimmy Stewart impression when I was like 10 years old. I didn't know who oh, Jimmy wow. Stewart was. But, you know, I'm walking into the kitchen and being like, well, hey, mom, when's dinner ready? You know, and she'd be like, what is going on? So it was just like all it was always there and it was always just a fun thing for me. You know, yeah. you mentioned you're probably like 10, maybe even 15 years younger than me. I'm 44. I don't know how old you are, but I'm 36. All right. So like when you were mentioning like those reruns and everything, I remember skipping college with my friends just to like grab lunch and bring it back to the dorms or the apartment and just watch yeah. The reruns of that stuff. Oh, the the 90s was a great time for comedy. It was a great time. And then like you're coming into like in in real time on SNL, it was like Molly Shannon and Will Ferrell and yeah. Sherry O'Terry and all those people. So it was like comedy was just really And at the same time, it's like Jim Carrey is having his year of doing uh, yeah. The Mask and Ace Ventura and Cable Guy or, or Dumb and Dumber. And you've got happy Gilmore and all of that stuff is happening all around the same time. So I think all of that was influencing me growing up. Yeah. I mentioned the nineties, how much you think has comedy changed between now between the nineties and now, and even like with SNL, like what's your feeling about all that? Uh, listen, I think <clears throat> people are definitely more sensitive. A lot of like, they're, they're not going to be as many jokes that are meant to make you go, Oh, but kind of laugh at the same time. Like people aren't going to be making those jokes as much anymore. Um, or the majority of comedians won't. I think some still will. And frankly, like, I, I feel like they're still kind of working. I think my, my biggest thing is authenticity. If you're being authentic and you're not doing, you're not making a joke to just hurt people's feelings or alienate people. If you're doing it because you have some experience with it, then it's going to come off as being uh, genuine, even if it is offensive to some people, the people who it's offensive to will still laugh, you know? Yeah. Um, so that that's my thing. I mean, like my type of comedy is not political. It's not making a social commentary. It's just right. like Mark Wahlberg having a sleepover. You know what I mean? It's like simple, stupid, yeah. silly o stuff. Old like school, that. old yeah, school yeah, comedy. That's it what it is. It's like, school, yeah. cause like you mentioned like, 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 in the nineties, like I used to, I mean, I, I still go and see stand up, but back then I used to go see like, like Dane Cook, Jim Brewer, like it was, Jim it was hot back then, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I know a lot of people are saying, I, I feel like a lot of big comedians are being like, I'm not doing colleges anymore. However, you have to also wonder if it's because they don't want to be put up in South Bend, Indiana and in some crappy hotel, yeah. <laughs> you know, when they're like, could do Madison Square Garden, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah, but there's other, I've had other comedians on it. They love hitting like those places. I would love doing it, honestly. Yeah. Like, I think it would be a blast. Um, but again, I'm not, I'm not Bill Maher. I'm not doing political commentary yeah. on stuff, you know. So, uh, so, was the goal at first like stand up? Because I know you've done improv also. Like, have you, or you do you do a little bit of both? No, the goal. It was really like I did. I did a lot with the Groundlings. Like I did the Sunday Company, yeah. the Groundlings for a year and a half, and did that program for, God, a good seven years maybe. Um, mm -hmm. And it was really like the SNL stuff. I always loved stand up, but I, I I didn't think it was like really me. Like I didn't I didn't feel as though I was a person that wrote a punchline for a joke and yeah. would hit it, hit it with the rhythm. I I always felt like I thrived when. It was more like uh, 
you know, not, not to sound like conceited or anything, but like, it's more like jazz for me yeah. when anything can change. And then every time I can be every, everything can be more fresh for me. Like mm. I find it difficult to tell a joke over and over again and keep it fresh, which great st uh, stand-up comedians do. And I'm like yeah. blown away by, um, have you ever thought about doing stand-up? Yeah, like I've, done stand -up. I've done stand-up. I've done stand-up a bunch, but it's also like a grind. It kind of is mm -hmm. like when you're out here, you choose a path. It's either like you're at the club every night doing stand-up and then meeting people and getting spots, or you spend seven years at the Groundlings and study writing and characters and that that side. And I went the Groundlings way, although I, I have, I love doing stand-up. I'm more of like a storyteller stand-up, more... Uh, in the vein of like a Mike Birbiglia meets Dana Carvey because I'll yeah. do impressions, but I also more tell stories that like make my friends laugh when I tell them, you know, you mentioned the groundlings. I had Matt cook on before. Have you worked with him or uh, Alex? Yeah, Bonifer? Was, uh, Alex is a buddy of mine. Matt cook yeah. was my director for the last six months that I was in the groundlings. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So know both those guys. Yeah. So I did, when I was doing a little research, I saw that you, Try it out, I guess, would you say, for SNL twice? Yeah, they, they flew me out. It was what's called a, a network test, which okay. means you sign a contract. It's after you've done, like, a showcase for them. Um, you sign a contract and do all that stuff, and then they fly you out to New York, and <clears throat> you do the thing that all the greats who have been on that show and all the greats who haven't been on that show do, and you – wait in the in your uh, dressing room you go through hair and makeup and then you go out on the studio 8h stage and do five to seven wow. minutes for lauren and the writers and producers and it wow. was like so yeah I, I did that twice and it was i mean it's surreal you try to like live in the moment and be like wow look at the pictures on the wall i can't really remember yeah <laughs> what i was feeling and thinking <laughs> it was really it was just like a whirlwind i just remember after the yeah. first test i was like I'm going to be on the show. I crushed it. I felt so good about it. Wow. And then the second test, I, um, one of my characters really fell flat. It was a gremlin at an HOA meeting. And I don't know if that was really their, their <laughs> style. <laughs> So, so when you, when you, when you do those tests, like, do they, do they tell you right away or do you get like, like, how do they tell you like you didn't get it or anything like that? Or, or like, no, they we'll just, see you again or cause you've got two calls, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of mystery around it. I don't think the people at SNL, I mean, everyone was so nice to me. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, like the, one of the casting people, I think the head casting person, Lindsay Shookus was like so nice to me. And um, some of the stage managers were really, really kind and, and made me feel very comfortable. But when it comes to hearing back, it's kind of like you either get a call a week, two weeks later, and they say, we want you to have a meeting with one of the higher ups at right. SNL, or you kind of just don't hear. Okay. And I've heard, and who knows if this is the truth or not, but I've heard that like, if you don't hear anything, or if they say like, yeah, keep sending tapes and keep in contact with us, then it's like never over. I I've heard that like, they will say to some people like, it's not happening. You know, so yeah. How long ago was that? That was like uh three three years ago now, oh, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still sending tapes in? Maybe you get another bite. 
You know, this year is the first year that I, I didn't send a tape. Okay. In. I did the last two years and last year was kind of tough. My representation was like, you know, going, figuring out the pandemic and what to do. And I, it, I'm not sure exactly how they went about everything, but I was really proud about the stuff that I sent in the last two years. And I'll just tell you, like, as a, you know, candidly as a uh, sketch comedian, for the most yeah. part, when you're coming into this time of year right now that we're in mm. and everybody's sending tapes in and you're thinking what is fresh and what's my brand of comedy, but also like current and you're putting together a tape and then you send it in. You're kind of stressed the whole summer being like, I wonder if they're watching it. I wonder what they think. I wonder. And to be honest with you, I'm like, I'm having so much fun on TikTok. That's like keeping me really creative and coming up with all these different impressions and stuff. And I think everything that I've sent them in the last two years. And then when I went in person, I don't think I have characters that are that different or going to be like, make them be like, this is something we've never seen Jono do. So I'm like, I don't think that this is the year for me to send another tape. Yeah. And I would only send something in if I was like, this stuff is better than the stuff that I sent you last year. Yeah. You know, so uh, you mentioned the pandemic, like, uh, everything got, you know, the whole world pretty much shut down. Like, how did you keep busy? Like, what did you do for work and things like that? I mean, honestly, I was really lucky during the pandemic. I, um, I still shot a couple episodes of the Disney show Raven's home. Um, one of my best friends out here, Teddy Bressman was doing a, a animated show on sci-fi and I voiced like six or seven uh, oh. roles on that. Um, I booked this AT&T commercial. Like I actually was still kind of Busy. working. Um, but other than that, I was like, I just have to, at first I kind of enjoyed being shut in. It's like, gives you excuse to just kind of not have to do anything, you know, re-energize a little bit. Yeah. Re-energize because every day in this industry, it's like something huge could happen today or literally nothing could happen uh, today. Yeah. So when everything was shut down, I was like, nothing's happening. I can kind of just chill. <laughs> um, I played a lot of golf. I played a lot of golf. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned like, you, you know, you've worked on a couple, you know, TV shows. You also did that Amazon show with your buddy there. Uh, yeah. And people would like try. I was asked to ask you, are we going to get a season two or what? So I, we, we actually just pitched the show to a couple production companies um because we were saying we we want to make this show but we would love to have a production company team up with us and then we'd love to sell it to like you know a network or whatever or a studio and um we didn't get any bites on that uh but i could totally see us making more i mean michael and i are also writing a, a feature right now that we'll try to pitch but if we don't get any bites i think we'll just make it ourselves mm, and yeah. either release it on youtube or try to get it on amazon prime or something like that but um you know that was that really was came out of not getting snl we yeah. both didn't get snl and we were like well what can we do let's just put something out every single week that is our brand of humor that will keep our creative juices going and and let's just see what happens and then funnier die picked it up and um it was a great run, I, but I don't want to say that it's over. I, I don't want to say. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said, 
I was told to ask you, you know, the people were like, oh, man, I used to love to go on Funny or Die and you or in YouTube to watch it. And yeah, like, we got to get more. Yeah, <laughs> I love so, that. I love that. So we mentioned, you know, you do a lot of like celebrity impressions. Like, so did you work on new impressions like while the pandemic was going on? Or like, yeah, how do you I even just, learn how to do this stuff? Well, I think it is. It's like a, it's almost like a language, in my opinion. Like if you're young and you're yeah. learning a different language, it's just like second nature. So I was watching Dana Carvey as an eight year old and doing mm. Jimmy Stewart, you know, like yeah. I think it just kind of was in. And then I would carpool to school with my friends and we'd be I'd be doing impressions of all of our teachers. It was just <laughs> finding one little thing and doing it like during the pandemic. I was hanging out with my girlfriend and Mr. and Mrs. Smith was on, which is you don't think of that as a Vince Vaughn movie, but Vince Vaughn's in it. Yeah. And the whole time he's just talking to Brad Pitt and being like, I oh, mean, I got to tell you, you got to get out. You got to get out. Angie's going to kill you and you got to get out of, out of her way or I'll kill her right now. And I was like, whoa, this is how he. And I just started sitting there going like just started doing it. Yeah. It just kind of comes like that. Like I started doing Matthew McConaughey because I was randomly watching a time to kill and I was getting annoyed because <laughs> the entire time he's just saying his s's like this and i was like i can't believe how much he's whistling those s's and i it was just like bothering me and that's how i started doing that so they they all just come randomly yeah. randomly that's like mark this mark Wahlberg didn't come from anything i was literally just like hanging out and i was like i, I just thought of him saying shut up shut up and his eyebrows being shut up and i was like what if he was doing a sleepover Shut up. My parents are going to get pissed. <laughs> Stop talking so loud. You're not going to be able to sleep over here again. Donnie, tell them, you know, like it just comes randomly. Uh, and I think you, that's when the most creative stuff comes when you're not trying to come up with something. You mentioned your girlfriend. Does she get annoyed with the impressions? No, she likes them. But I will <laughs> tell you, I will tell you, like, I'll film one on TikTok <laughs> and I'll like put it in my draft folder and I'll be like, Hey, I don't need to check this out and I'll show it to her. And there have been times where there are times when she like laughs and she's like, that's so funny. Yeah. And then there are other times where she'll just kind of go, no, don't do it. No. <laughs> and, and then of course, as a defensive, like actor, a comedian, I'm like, yeah. you don't, you just don't get it. The TikTok people will get it. You know, <laughs> do you ever mess with people with the impressions? Like if something like a, one of those spam callers or anything like that, or I haven't yet, but I really, should i really want to go to like a drive-in and just order as vince vaughn and see if they know or like call up spago mm -hmm. in la and be like how you doing my man i really need a table for tomorrow at eight o'clock <laughs> you know and then show up and see if they're waiting for vince put it, vaughn to put show it up. under vaughn you know <laughs> yeah and then just walk in and be like it was me no it wasn't yeah it is it was me my man you know <laughs> what's your uh what's your favorite impression and what and what was the hardest one to learn god um it ebbs and flows. And honestly, there, there hasn't really been one that's been hard to learn because the way that I come up with impressions is like, I don't really work on them. It's more okay. like I hear someone and I start doing it in my car. Or like, you know, I was playing, I was just like playing golf by myself once. And I started just going, Oh, Wilson. Oh no. And I was like, that's Tom Hanks. And then I just do it a bunch and it would all, it would really like, I know where it lives in my throat. Um, but yeah, I, it ebbs and flows, which one's my favorite one. You know, I, I go yeah. on runs of like I, Tom Hanks is my favorite. Mark Wahlberg is my favorite. 
Stallone is my favorite. You know, it just it changes all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we also, you know, uh, tell us about your the, the show we were talking about earlier, uh, the first impressions. If and if the and listeners or the viewers don't remember, it was a show on USA. Yeah, it was a show on USA that was hosted by Dana Carvey. I was on the episode with, and and or I'm sorry, it was hosted more by Freddie Prince Jr. and Dana Carvey yeah. was the guy, main guy there. And um, my episode was with Tom Arnold, and that was like the first time I had done a show where I was doing impressions. Like yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't had a Tom Hanks yet. I, I hadn't uh, done, you know, Vince Vaughn or any of the newer ones, but <clears throat> it was another surreal experience to be in front of a, an audience, including Dana Carvey and doing impressions. And I remember like backstage at one point, I, I did this thing where I was doing Sylvester Stallone accepting an award. And it just kind of came to me in the moment that, he's just always kind of punching. And as I was punching, I felt my body kind of move. And yeah. I ended up with my back to the audience and Dana Carvey came over and like turned me back around. And I was like, where am I? You know? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and afterwards, uh, Dana Carvey was like backstage with me and he was like, I, I just loved your take on Stallone. And I was like, this is surreal, man. Like I grew up watching you and Paula Poundstone yeah. and Sinbad. And he was like, Oh, Paul is a good friend of mine. I was like, I can't believe this conversation is happening right now. But I was, uh, I was very happy with how, how I did on that show. Yeah. yeah. How, uh, like, how did you even get on that show? Was it pretty much the same thing? You know, like a, like a tryout or did you have to like yeah, send a audition. demo in? Okay. It was an audition. And honestly, that audition now that I'm thinking about it really informed the way I started to do impressions because I remember <clears throat> I, I came in and started doing some of my impressions, but I didn't have any really like bits written. Okay. And then um, whoever was in the casting room was like, okay, could you do uh, Matthew McConaughey as a 911 operator? <laughs> and then because I had been doing improv, I yeah. kind of combined that with the Im impressions and I was, I was just like, uh, what's your emergency? All right, we're going to send an ambulance your way. You're going to be all right. All right. All right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. and things started to click and then that's what I do on TikTok Now that's what I would do in my standup. I would just make up these silly scenarios where the yeah. celebrities would never really be. And that kind of was how I found the funny in them. Wow. Is there a, a voice that you're working on now, but it's not like there yet. We're usually still yeah, kind of working I just, on. I've been listening to the, the smartless podcast, those, those oh, guys. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I've been working on a Jason Bateman. Uh, oh, that's awesome. It's just like, yeah, I was just like in my car and you know, he's just always kind of, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of like in the back of the neck and he, he well, 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 uh, 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 yeah, well, uh, you, you know, uh, uh we're going to have to, we're going to have to work on that. You know, he's a little up there kind yeah. of. So that is one that I'll just, I'll listen to that podcast and I'll just kind of say back things that he'll say on the mm. podcast and it'll get there. It'll get there. He seems like a very mellow guy. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. He seems, he seems so cool to be able to last this long in yeah. an industry this crazy and to seem like a pretty normal, good yeah. dude, at least. Uh, and I'm sure he is, is testament to but he doesn't age yeah that head of hair give me a break yeah yeah because I, I just started <laughs> watching uh 
oh my god um was that was that show he had on fox there uh, i just started watching yeah i just started watching it again oh my for the god. beginning and i'm like this i love this show it's so good it's so good yeah, yeah. so uh, so what's next for you any projects that uh you could tell uh, the listeners yeah, and the viewers? I mean, I'm, I'm working on this uh this feature film writing it um it's in its beginning stages. We've got basically a, an outline of it and we'll start writing it soon and get some feedback from friends who are writers in the industry before we really dive in. And um, I believe the episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm that I'll be on is the is next season season finale. Okay. Um, and that was a, a real uh, again, a surreal yeah. experience. Please tell me you have a scene with Larry David. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it'll awesome. be, it'll be great. It was really, a really an amazing experience. And, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully a few other things will, will come down the pike soon. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, John, lastly, yeah. So for the listeners, the viewers, how can they find you on social media? Well, you can find me, uh, everywhere. It's just John O. Wilson. It's two N's J O H N N O Wilson, uh, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all of that. Is your favorite platform TikTok? Or Instagram platform, yeah. Instagram's yeah. coming around. They're coming around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but TikTok is has been the most fun lately. Yeah. Uh, re- real quick, show the show the viewers out uh, your shirt because I mean you, you know we got to represent. Got to represent. What do you think of this season coming up? Man, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is Cam <laughs> our guy again? It sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'll, I'll always, I'll always support the Pats. Love the Pats, but yeah, you know, yeah. happy, happy Tom, Tom and Rob got theirs last season, but uh, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll see what happens this season. Um, we'll get there again. I think we'll, we'll get, get there, there again. for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm not worried about that. Gentlemen, this was great. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Bye.